0: Welcome, folks, to the sixth annual Effies. Tonight, we are talking about Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. And now, here are your hosts, Damon and Kyle.
1: Hello, and welcome to a special episode of the Planet Fantasy Podcast. It's the Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings Effies, and we're your hosts, Damon and Kyle. Kyle. How's it going?
2: It's good, man. I have not been able to stop thinking about this movie. I'm so excited to talk about it. How are you?
1: I am great, and we have one more host with us today. His name is Chitanya. How's it going? Hey, fellas. Oh, you know, you know, I'm just just excited about an amazing martial arts movie. Um, I just get giddy when a good one comes out. It it just it makes my day it makes my year really so and this one was what that is and i cannot wait to talk about it um so shall shall we get into it you know no more no fluff here just let's uh <laughs> no let's just dive on in um we have uh essentially our beginning our initial th- thoughts of the movie Chaitanya, how do you feel about this movie
3: thought I was a little crazy when I walked out of the theater the first time because I was like, I was going back and looking at all the MCU movies, and then I kind of went to solo movies because that really just it's obviously what this movie is. And I couldn't remember liking a solo movie more than this other than the first Iron Man. I did go back. I've seen it a second time now, and I still think that's where I stand as far as Enjoying this movie as a whole, as a cohesive whole, we'll get into details as we go along. But I really like it, probably next to the first Iron Man. After that, as a solo movie,
1: I I dig it. Kyle, how did you feel about this movie?
2: Yeah, I, I, I was it was just so refreshing to watch an origin story. I was trying to put my other than just like the whole vibe of like how good the movie was in general. I was trying to put my finger on what I found so like refreshing about it. And I love that, like, it's such a crucial part of all these origin story movies where it, the hero is, like, discovering this new world as they go. But I love that they kind of subverted that with Shang-Chi. He's the one who knows something, and he's kind of letting Katie into his world and telling her, like, I'm not who you think I am. And kind of, like, I love that that's kind of the case in this. There was kind of a new take on the origin story, you know? Um, but just it hits on every – like, I I went in – Really excited, but I was like, I just want to leave an MCU movie just completely satisfied. That hasn't happened since probably Endgame, um, which, you know, only three movies since then. But (laughs) feels like a lifetime ago, right? It's a whole COVID ago. Uh, And leaving the theater, I was just I was in such a good mood. Like I came home, couldn't stop thinking about the movie. Uh, put the soundtrack on on my way home, which we will definitely talk about going forward. <laughs> uh, and it's just so fun. I mean, Simu is like immediately just like practically the new face of the MCU at this point. Like, I love him. I can't wait to see him in more movies. I'm sure we will. Uh, and yeah, it just hit everything. Everything I wanted it to do. It just It was such a satisfying movie.
1: Satisfying is the proper word for this movie in so many ways. It just... It hits where it needs to hit. It uh, it swings where it needs to swing. And uh, it, it changes pretty much, I feel like, everything that it needed to change to make a Shang-Chi story work in the MCU, I feel like it, it nailed it. it. It did what it set out to do. Um, and it made people excited to see him in another movie, see him join the Avengers, which we will, of course, get obviously like going forward and i just loved every bit of the fight choreo i thought the colors were beautiful i thought the the family dynamic was the crux of the movie and we'll get into that probably a lot more during all the uh, awards hmm. but honestly like Jaitanya said it's one of my favorite origin movies of the mcu It it's I don't want to, you know, be rash and say a number or ranking because it's I've only seen it one time compared to the other ones that I've seen at least four or five times each, <laughs> more way more than that. So, but it's it's up there. Like it's in the top 10 easily. I can say that. And I don't see it going anywhere. I just got to figure out where it fits in. But uh yeah. Um, I love this movie. I'm so excited about it. So excited to talk about it y'all. Um Any other other thoughts before we dive into the awards?
2: I'm just excited to
0: just get into it. Let's dive into these awards, huh?
1: (laughs) Sounds great. All right, let's do this.
0: And here are the nominees for the Wallflower Award.
1: Yes, the Wallflower Award. This award we like to give out to the people, the uh, performances... That say they maybe didn't get enough. uh, Essentially screen time in the movie. They didn't get enough uh, dialogue. We don't see them enough for their character to to develop in the way we want it to. Uh, It really also just they do such an amazing job. We want to see more of them. We want, you know, they're batting an amazing game in this performance. And essentially we want to see what they can do with more time. So with that being said, Kyle. What's your nominee for the Wallflower Award?
2: Yeah, I um, I feel like most of the cast was really very well utilized in this movie. There were only two that I had in mind for this uh, award. And so I'm going to go with um, uh, Munger Zhang as Xiaoling, Zha who is Shang-Chi's sister. Um, I think she has moments that are really cool. Uh, I love that she basically runs this underground fight club one of my favorite scenes in the entire movie um especially the later on when she and uh katie are talking about it and she's like you know my father wouldn't let me into his empire so i decided i'm gonna build my own like that's such a badass moment and it just felt like i just wanted so much more of her especially i i I will say i loved the dynamic between Shang-Chi and Katie. I thought their friendship was really, really great. One of the honestly, the kind of the emotional core of the movie. And I love that, but it felt like it kind of stole from his dynamic with his own sister. Like there's a moment near the end of the or basically the end of the movie, after the climactic battle has ended, and he comes back and they, you know, they're seeing him alive. And the person he immediately runs to is Katie. And like they share this embrace. And it's a really sweet emotional moment. And I loved it. But again, it's like there's so little that we see between the siblings that I just wish we could have seen more. And this is honestly, I say this in the context of the movie, also with the full knowledge that we are going to get more of her because of that amazing post-credit scene. Like we're definitely going to get more with her running shit now. Like she's she's now basically the leader of the Ten Rings. Like I I can't wait to see how that uh, pays off going forward. But in the context. Context of the movie itself. I just would have loved to see way more of Xiaoling because she's a badass
1: Good choice good choice my nominee for this is going to be Yingnan played by Michelle Yeoh Um, essentially the aunt of uh, Xiaoling and Shang-Chi. I believe she was just fantastic She was such a great kind of mentor Towards uh you know everyone from Katie to Sha to Shang Chi then their time in, in Talo, um she was a great bridge between them and Talo and you know telling us a little bit more about their mother and uh, her time there, and uh, and really just giving us a really fun feel and vibe of what Talo was about and and everything like that. She did a you know she was just fantastic in this performance, and I wanted to see more. Um, a lot of people, you know, feel kind of, a lot of people maybe didn't like the third act, you know, that's kind of tonal shift that we got with Talo. I loved it and I wanted to see more of it. I would love to see her kind of what she does there and what they just do there on a normal day. Is it just them, you know, just living life and, and practicing their art and trades to make sure they're ready to protect the gate. And now, like, now what do they do with the gate kind of gone and, and done with, with, you know, uh. I want to see what they can do with that. Um, but I love Michelle Yeoh in this performance. So that's my nomination. And uh, Shaitanya, what's yours?
3: Those are really good choices. And I definitely thought about Xiaoling and Ying Nam as options here. The weird thing with Shang-Chi for me was that the cast really was that well-balanced. I think I th- when I thought about it, every beat that we got, didn't feel like it was overdone or underdone with very, very few exceptions. So I kind of have to go off the board after those two nominees. I'm going to go with Morris because, (laughs) as we said, balance is important here. And we got a lot of great stuff from Ben Kingsley as Trevor. And the other half of that dynamic really was Morris. And it was really a surprising kind of fantastical element to the film where even though we got a lot of the fantasy stuff as background, when we got to Tao it really felt as if Morris was there first. And I'd like to see a little more of him. That's just how I felt about getting more screen time. Cause a lot of the human characters were really well balanced in my, in my view.
1: That's fair. That's fair. Okay. Let, let's uh, discuss uh, Kyle. What are you leaning towards for your uh, vote for this one?
2: Yeah, I mean I you could go with any three of these. I I love that more I didn't expect Morris to get some love, so I love that. And I I love that all of our favorite properties, whether it's like the MCU, Star Wars, whatever, ultimately just we're all won over by these cute anthropomorphic, anthropomorphic creatures, right? Like Morris is just adorable and I want more of him, so I totally get that get that. Um and then I mean Michelle Yao has been killing the game for so long. Like, I've loved her since Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. She's phenomenal in Crazy Rich Asians. Like, I just, I'm a big fan. And I I do love her role in this movie and the way that she is kind of that bridge to um, the more mystical side of of the movie. Like we get, like I mentioned earlier, Shang-Chi opens the movie knowing kind of his past, but he doesn't know a lot about the village of Talo. And so the way that his aunt, kind of guides him into that is really, really great. And I love their connection. Um, I just, I, I'm gonna, I'm probably not gonna do this for the rest of the episode, but I'm gonna start by voting for the one I picked just because I, I love Zhao Ling. I think she's a badass. And I think that uh, I just, I, I want to see, even in like the fight scenes, like she, she stole my attention so often in those fights. And I, I would love to see more of that. I wanted to see more. I wanted to see, I love the moment when she is fighting um, death dealer who honestly I could have picked as well because what a badass, and we did, we get so little of him. Um, didn't even know his name was death dealer. And so I looked him up after the movie because his name isn't even mentioned in the movie. Uh, but I love their fight and I love her moments like that. I just wish we could have seen a little bit more of it. So that's ultimately going to be my vote.
1: All right. Good vote. I will say people say MCU has a villain problem. I think they're getting better at that, but they have a problem with henchmen, even more so. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. know. Um, But my vote, I I think I'm going to have to go with my own as well, uh, Yingnan, just because (laughs) I feel like with Xiaoling, we get actually enough time with her. Like, she's there for a good portion of the movie. Like, once we meet her, she's there. She's Mm -hmm. pretty critical to the progress of what happens. And she's there and she's right. almost as important of a character as Shang-Chi, even I would say. Um, you know, just their their relationship with their father and their mother and what's happening and then with the village. I loved her performance by the way. But I would have to go with Michelle Yeoh So Chaitanya, what say you? Are you gonna go with Morris?
3: <laughs> it's a good question, right? Because even when you pick your vote when you two did it really feels as if it's so close because from beginning to end Xiaoling had a really critical role in almost the whole story and Michelle Yeoh's character Ying Nam was I'm not sure if you think about it that more would actually help the story help the movie overall because I loved every single second that she was on screen or doing voiceover but I do wonder whether her adi- any additional material with her would take away from the cohesiveness of the story. So I think the stuff that I'd like to see the most, because as much as I love Mars in this movie, you don't actually need all that much more in the way of screen time. I could see maybe a little more character development, maybe through action for Xiaoling. So I'm going to vote for Xiaoling.
1: I completely understand. She deserves some rewards in this, and I love her. So I'm okay with that. So
0: that's the winner. And the winner is... Mungo Zhang as Sha Ling. And here are the nominees for Best Fight. All right, a an award
2: that... I mean, is just tailor-made for this movie because good God does it have some of the best action in the entire MCU. Uh, we're going to go with the best fight. Really, just dealer's pick here. We've got so many different uh, fights to choose from. Uh, let's start with Chetanya. What do you got for us, man? What's your nominee?
3: I'm going to go with the one that really kind of stopped me in my tracks at the very beginning, and that has to be the bus fight. It was so incredibly well done. It felt as if there were taking no shortcuts. They weren't messing around with the way they shot it, the way they told that story. And the fact that it's just kind of how we get into who Shang-Chi is from where we start to just right into the action. I got to go with the bus fight. Kyle, what's your nominee? Oh,
2: uh, man. Yeah, that was, my, that was my very first that I had down. So for my second, I think I'm going to go with... I think it establishes right away what kind of movie we're gonna get. I am gonna go with basically the like the very first real fight we see, which is uh, uh, Zhu Wenwu versus Zhang Li, basically mom and dad <laughs> having it out. You know, I love the opening narration that kind of accompanies it, and I love that you really don't know like who this character is yet, and you don't know. What the stakes are yet but it's just a beautifully shot fight uh the scenery is gorgeous um yeah i, I think that it's it's one that immediately establishes the tone and what kind of movie we're going to get so i got to go with uh you and Mu versus john lee all right my
1: nom is going to be the scaffolding fight on the side of the building uh where Zha Ling holds host her uh fights which is amazing and i love that and i want to like a whole disney plus series on like the whole tournament vibe and and just people who go there and fight i need that mm-hmm. um but it's so cool i mean for one it's, it's it's a callback to a lot of you know asian martial arts movies where there's fights on scaffolding like it's a it's a thing i've seen it in multiple movies myself and there's so much you can do uh, and it's just to see those people on the side of the building fighting, not caring if they're about to fall off. And they always fall off. It always happens. Um, you always have someone hanging off for dear life. And that was super fun. We get to see just how amazing and how athletic uh, shang is and then how, how athletic uh, Shaoling is. And I just love it. Uh, super great. Super entertaining the whole way through. So that's my nom. And
3: Shaitanya, what are you leaning towards for your... Your pick, your vote. Really good picks. I mean, the scaffolding fight really was jaw-dropping in so many ways, especially as we got to the end with the story impact. Wenwu versus Yingli was really kind of the most powerful story moment, and to see that in an action scene was really surprising for me. And it kind of really set the tone for where we're going and the bus fight. I mean, it's tricky here because story impact, every single one of these has a significant impact on where we're going. It's like, it takes it up a level from the bus fight to the scaffolding fight. And then we have the story impact of the first one with the parents. I think, surprisingly, the voiceover impact on the parents' introduction. I think that puts it over the top for me. I'm going to go with Wenwu versus Yingli.
1: All right, Kyle, what do you what are you leaning towards for your vote?
3: Yeah, they're all what's
2: striking about me is that they're all really great like well choreographed fight scenes but we've seen that before with like you know the winter soldier and even falcon and the winter soldier and basically everything the russo's touch um <laughs> but i think what really sets these fights apart is that they're not just well choreographed and well like shot they're also just beautiful like they're just so gorgeous to watch and it feels like an art form almost Um, and I have to go with the bus fight because it has all that. Plus the added bonus of just being so damn fun. Like it, they really recreated speed and I'm, I was so here for it. Like I, I love speed. It's one of my favorite nineties movies. And I was just like, they're really going, I saw that in the trailer. It was like, Oh, okay. It's like a fun little homage, but like, it feels just like it in the movie. And I was so, I was so into it. Um, and it is like it. it's almost kind of tricky, too, because like I was saying earlier, this is before you really know that Shang-Chi knows where he came from. And they have a bit of a tricky moment where he like blocks the first punch or like he hits the first guy and he even looks surprised. And you're like, oh, like maybe he doesn't even know that he could do that. So you're like you're kind of kept in the dark for a while. But then the rest of the fight is just so damn cool. You get the great moment um, after the bus is stopped and. You know, Katie looks over at the other driver, and she's like, "Hey, we make a great team." (laughs) It's just there's like comedy in there, and then it's just it's incredibly shot. You get Damon. I agree about the henchman problem as far as like characterization, but as far as like the threat that they impose, this does a great job immediately of setting up like, oh, they're not playing around. They're here to like fuck shit up. (laughs) Uh, So that's that's got to be my vote. I, I go with that one.
1: My vote is also for the bus fight. Uh, that was going to be my nominee, uh, if it, I had the choice. I think it's just it essentially sets the stage for what Shang Chi can do, um, the kind of action we're going to get, the kind of choreo we're going to get. Um, we we really get like it, it, it you know it helps progress progress the story a lot. You know it shows you just how great of a driver Katie is like it, they, you know, they hinted at it even before with her, you know, going on the joy ride. but her <laughs> like driving the bus like that and not wrecking anything other than, you know, you know, just kind of skirting those cars and wreck, you know, destroying some, some parked cars. She, she did her thing. And, and he, he showed the, how protective he was for all the people on the bus. He wanted to make sure everyone was safe and it was just something that was natural with for him and it was, you know, it was telling a story. It was telling us a little bit about everyone in in there, uh, while you know, giving us a beautiful fight scene. So that has to be my pick.
0: And the effie goes to
1: the Buzz fight.
0: Here are the nominees for the Easter Egg Award. The Easter
1: Egg Award, the the award that is really tailor made for the MCU and just comic book movies in general. Um, So, you know, it's just your favorite reference to, whether it be an MCU reference, a reference to the comics, to some random TV show or movie, you name it. It's all loud here. What's your favorite one? Kyle, you're up. What's your nom?
2: All right. um, So I'm going to go with one that is from, like, a sequence that I, I think we'll probably be talking about a lot because it's just so damn fun. Uh, we're in the Golden Daggers Fight Club. There is a blink-and-you-miss-it real quick shot where our, uh, Shang-Chi and Katie are walking in and, and basically getting set up for his fight. They walk past a fight that's going on that, upon first watch, I just thought was a cool little background fight. You watch it again, and that's definitely a Black Widow fighting an extremist shoulder, soldier. Uh, and I on second watch, I was like, hold up what <laughs> it's just so cool. Cause it's like, they didn't make a big deal out of it, but they knew that like, once you connected that dots, you have so many questions. If I remember correctly, now I haven't seen the movie in a long time, but in Iron Man three, all the extremist soldiers were believed to have died. Um, and so that opens a whole new, like, Oh, like someone else is maybe experimenting with extremists that could be explored and maybe armor wars coming up. Cause I imagine, There will be some Iron Man connections in that. Um, And then obviously, as we know, after Black Widow, there are still Black Widows out there. We just don't know whether Yelena has, you know, made contact with all of them or not. And so I love the idea of a Black Widow that's just out there kind of chilling in a fight club, (laughs) just being a Black Widow and fighting people. Um, It was just such a cool nod to the best Easter eggs are either great references references to the comics, but like, in the MCU, we're, 20, what, 24, 25 movies deep. The MCU now just references itself, and I'm so here for it. Like, it, they, it's such a flex to be like, hey, here's two of the coolest things we've done in the past. Check it out. We're gonna show you it again. Um, and it's just cool, because it's in the back, like I mentioned, it's in the background. You barely even notice it, but once you do, it just gets your mind going with so many questions. So that's, that's my vote.
1: All right. Chitanya, what's your nom?
3: I'm gonna go with I did have Black Widow versus Extremis as one of my options here. But the funny thing about a big chunk of this movie was that a huge sequence was basically a reference back to one of the most polarizing movies in the MCU. And we're talking about Iron Man 3 here. Because Mm -hmm. I don't think we all realized Ben Kingsley was back until the premiere where he showed up on the red carpet. And then... When I watched the movie, because I think I still assumed after Iron Man 3, after the reaction to that twist in Ben Kingsley's character arc, that we would get so much of him here. We did have the Disney Plus, like the Mar- the Marvel one shot that landed on Disney Plus with All Hail the King, where Ben Kingsley's Trevor is basically stolen out from federal custody by the real Mandarin, quote unquote. And then we have him here for a huge chunk of the movie, being comedic, being hysterical. Basically, I don't I wouldn't say redeeming his arc from Iron Man three, but certainly adding a whole new dynamic onto it, going back to probably where he was before he was cast as a dangerous terrorist. So I'm going to go with Ben Ben Kingsley and a pretty substantial continuous reference back to Iron Man three
1: all right i like it i like it my nom is the abomination um like kyle said and i've said some of the best references some of the best easter eggs are the ones that reference old movies now it's it's such a a spread out universe it's so such rich uh you know so rich that they can do that they can call back to what they've done already and you know They also like to do that to help make their older, maybe less successful movies or films maybe hit in a different way. You know, like with Iron Man 3 doing this, I felt like maybe Chaitanya says it doesn't redeem it, but it it really helps make it make more sense. And they just embrace it. They don't just hide it. They don't bury it. They're like, it happened and we're going to roll with it. So the abomination is is here. It happened. The Incredible Hulk is, is a movie that went down and to bring him back in this format, which is to say the least weird and perplexing. He's in a fixed match with Wong and then like they leave together. Where and why? What's happening? I don't know but I'm intrigued and I'm excited to see what happens, but just the callback of, of having abomination there and knowing his past, you know, saying like, okay, Hey, you know, this is the same guy from the incredible Hulk. He's here. He's going to show up again. Probably, uh, maybe in she Hulk, you know, we'll see where we go from that. But I love, I just love seeing the connection from movies to movies, uh, in the MCU. And this is just another one. That's really fun. So confusing. Like, why are they fixing fights does what is is dr strange really not paying Wong anything at all <laughs> he's just working to provide i guess so yeah that's my nom. um kyle which one are you leaning towards
2: man uh they're all again all three are really great uh these are like the three correct <laughs> nominees um I think I'm going to go with uh, Ben Kingsley returning as Trevor and just kind of the whole nod to Iron Man three. I think one thing the MCU has done really well in the last few like movies and shows is like giving love to, and this is also true with abomination, but like giving love to maybe it's entries that aren't as widely well received, you know, like uh WandaVision does it with age of Ultron. Um, we've, Loki does it with Thor the Dark World and even Endgame did it with Thor the Dark World and now like this movie gives love to the Incredible Hulk and Iron Man 3 definitely two of like the lower tier or like not as well loved MCU movies and so and also it reminded me uh, it kind of reminded me of what Falcon and the Winter Soldier did with Zemo right like brought this villain back who I personally like Zemo a lot in Civil War but I know people have issues with his placement in that story Um, and Now, you know, he's like a fan favorite because of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And I think that's going to be the case now with Trevor. You know, he was such a (laughs) yeah, I love the Zemo dance. (laughs) Uh, Trevor was like I personally I get I got what they were going for in Iron Man 3. I wasn't a fan of the twist with Trevor because it just felt so underwhelming, especially because we saw how good he was as this menacing, like terrorist, scary character. Now, of course, I'm glad they did that because we get the replacement of a much better villain you know who he was pretending to be um but i just i after that after that and then like the all hail the king short i just wasn't sure what we were gonna do with trevor going forward and i think this is the perfect way to bring him back he's funny as hell he has my favorite joke in the movie that i'll definitely be talking about later with the <laughs> most memeable moment um and yeah he's just great i love his you know his relationship with with morris and Ben Kingsley even said in an interview that he has grown quite fond of Trevor over the years. And this is an actor who's been around for like a long time and has quite a few, I mean, the guy played Gandhi, like he has quite a few iconic roles. And the fact that he's, he's really fond of Trevor as a character. And he said that like Trevor is, he's found some kindness and empathy. And I think he's a pretty, he's quoted as saying, I think he's a very kind man. And we get to see that in this. He's not just this actor who was kind of, who sold out to play a a terrorist, we get to see the fallout with this. And, like, that's what the MCU does best. They get they take these one-off jokes and, like, connect them in a really great, cohesive way. And it's just such a cool Easter egg. So I definitely, that's my vote, for sure. Chitanya,
3: your vote? Yeah, I definitely have to agree with this. In, In a way, it's almost, like, the biggest Easter egg in terms of significance to a story that we could have had that we're taking a substantial plot point from a previous MCU movie and making that character a key point in a whole different world where you wouldn't expect it to automatically connect until you think. And then we get comedy, we get real kind of emotional growth for a character who I know I thought was very one-dimensional once the twist was revealed in Iron Man 3. It's like, okay, we have Trevor and he's an actor and he's obviously dealing with addiction issues, which seemed pretty one note for me in that movie. And then we get a whole different side of him. Almost like the secondary gateway into the more mystical side of Shang-Chi as a movie itself. So I'm definitely voting for Ben Kingsley here.
1: It's a sweep, everyone. Uh, that is my vote as well. Um, just Trevor Slattery in general in this movie is a delight. Um, if we were doing, like, heat check players, like, people who just, like, every minute they're on the, on the screen, they're just, they're increasing the, uh, the PER, the, the usage rate, the rate for everyone, that's, that's Trevor in this movie, he makes every scene better, everything he says is gold, um, I, like, him and Morris, just him going on with the whole rant about, you know, what happened, and how he found himself in the grasp of the Mandarin, um the, his conversation in the car about a certain movie That is is that what you wanted to talk about later, Kyle?
2: Oh, I'm sorry, my, my connection's a little bad. I didn't quite hear you. You're talking about his his thoughts on his, Planet of the Apes.
1: <laughs> yeah, that we wanted to talk about later because we can save it for later. Um and then of course his playing dead. Cause it was it was sad there for for a split second. We were all like, oh, damn, Trevor's dead. And Morris is like, what? And he's like, come on, I'm playing. It's a performance. (laughs) It's just like, lay down with me. And it's just like, of course he would be playing dead. This is perfect. Everything they did for him was exactly like Cal said. in the way they made Zemo a character that we just wanted to see more of, regardless of the character of this person, you know, what kind of person they are, we still want to see more, because they're entertaining. And Trevor was the best kind of entertaining in this movie, so I love that kind of Easter egg for this one. That's the win.
0: And the winner is... Ben Kingsley's return as Trevor Slattery.
2: Hi there. This episode of Planet Fantasy is brought to you by having the fucking nerve. You really... You had the audacity, didn't you? You know what you did. No, not you. You're doing great, sweetie. You're doing great. Keep it up. You. Yes, you. Don't turn the episode off. You know what you did. You had the audacity. Go back to the... Listen to the rest of the episode, please.
0: Here are the nominees for Best
2: Quote. All right, getting into the big ones, we are on to Best Quote. Uh, So many good lines in this movie, a lot of great monologues from people. Uh, Damon, what's your vote for Best Quote?
1: I felt like I was going to get this one for the first one, and it's the one I don't feel comfortable, confident with. So thanks, Kyle. I I appreciate it. Um, (laughs) You're welcome. Mine, um, is going to be, it's from, uh, you know, my, my vote for who, uh, I wanted to win Wallflower, but, uh, it's okay. Not salty. Uh, you know, it's, uh, you are a product of all who came before you, the legacy of your family. You are your mother and whether you like it or not, you are also your father. Stop hiding who you are. Um, I feel like that was a big, kind of a big theme of the of some of the movie and especially like the third act it was about shang chi trying to figure out who he was going forward like he wanted to try to hide and bury the part of his who he was as far as his father you know like he he was trying to be this assassin he was fathered by this centuries old like warlord like uh just crime boss like just this guy who's, who's caused so much devastation and and, and drama in the world and he's just wanted to deny that when, you know, the best thing he can do is embrace it and figure out what he can do with that to move forward. And uh, I don't know. I think it's just a good quote. So that's my nom. Shaitanya, what's yours?
3: Really good, serious, important moment there for the first nominee for best quote. I had a little more fun with this one in terms of the comedic effect. And it really was one of the most mind-numbing decisions that 14-year-old Shang-Chi made when he changed his name from Shang to Sean. And when Aquafina <laughs> called that out, I was like, okay, she's really speaking for the audience here. She's one of us. Why would you change your name one or two letters? It makes no sense whatsoever. And that's my nominee. <laughs> so what, what's the exact quote for that? you were named Sean, Sean and you changed your name to Sean. That
1: it's really great. It really is like he, he was, he was 14 though. I mean, we got to give him some slack. Kyle, what's your name?
2: <laughs> oh, that's a good one. I love Aquafina so much. <laughs> um, so yeah, mine is a little kind of a dark horse as well. Um, it's not comedic, but it's not also, like, one that I think Damon's really defines, like, the big theme of the movie. This one is more, it's just such a cool villain line. And Wenwu is, like, one of the best MCU villains. I'll hear no arguments. He's so compelling, written so well. Um, and this is just really him in a nutshell. So this is when he arrives at the village of Talo. Uh, I can't remember the character's name, but the basically the guy who um, trained uh, Katie in archery. Uh, he tells him what was that
1: i, I believe guangbo
2: okay yeah guangbo so he says uh like you're, you're the the consequences of your actions have led you here basically and um when Wu fires back with this amazing line he says be careful how you speak to me young man i have lived 10 of your lifetimes i have eaten more salt than you have had rice in your life and it's just like such a mic drop like that goes hard as fuck. <laughs> like the fact that he says young man too to this guy who has like a white beard, it just reminds you that this is this is a centuries old warlord who has seen some shit and he is not playing around. He's here to, you know, get his wife back. I just love it. Like he's he's maybe my favorite character in the movie. And this is this line is like 90 percent why it's just I I was sitting in the theater and like oddly gassed when he said that. <laughs>
1: That that's a good one. Um, if I have to lean towards one, hmm, I'm gonna go with the comedy. I'm gonna go with the, your name, Sean, and you decide to name yourself Sean. It 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 really is just, it's great. Um, I felt like it was bound to happen, and the fact that they they addressed it in the movie was great. It was hilarious. And it just shows like the kind of uh, it really hones in on the kind of friendship that they have. You know, they just love to to joke and they're always joking together and they're never afraid to tell each other when they're just kind of like, really? Like, come on. Uh, So that's my vote. Shatanya?
3: Yeah, I really like Wenwu's line, which is. Such a badass flex by really an iconic villain. And. I think when I decide between these three choices, I have to go between that one and Aquafina. And I think the way I kind of have to decide here is, was one line more significant to the character itself? So when it comes to Katie, like a lot of the impact other than her character arc, as far as she grows as an individual, was her comedy, her wisecracks, um, Whereas Wen Wu really had so much physicality and had so much of a like imposing presence on screen apart from his words, I gotta go with Aquafina. I gotta go with Katie's quip because it was so much more indicative of who her character was. Whereas with Wen Wu really didn't feel like he needed to drop that quote and it wasn't really as like directly a part of his character. Whereas it was definitely a part for Katie, it definitely was something she would say. It felt a little more in tune with her as a character. I th- I felt so. I'm going to go with Katie.
2: All right, Kyle, your vote. Well, we have a winner already, so I will just say my vote is actually with um, with Damon's choice. I, I I'm glad that Katie's winning because it's a hilarious line. I do love Damon's choice because it is. It's a bit of like a a a snapshot of the entire theme of the movie. It's almost big, like Moana vibes. uh, You know, when her, uh, her grandma is like, do you know who you are? And you get the amazing I am Moana song. Like I felt that when this happened, I got legitimate chills from it. Um, So that's my pick, but I am very glad that Katie's winning because Aquafina. if you're listening, I'm single. Um, So good. She's an absolute icon and I love her. Shang
1: Chi should have just started singing, you know, and uh, it would have made the movie even better. Was it just me, or did this movie feel like a Disney movie, kind of in some forms? It had the the animal sidekick. I mean,
2: technically it was.
1: Well, yes, technically it was, but it felt <laughs> like a Disney, like almost like a produ- like animated produced movie, like with just like the whole adventure vibe, going to the mystical land. The animal, like the cute sidekick, uh, the big battle at the end. I don't know. It just felt very, very Disney in a really good way, though. So, yes, that's the winner.
0: And the Effie goes to.
1: You're named Sean and you decided to name yourself Sean from Katie.
0: Here are the nominees for most memeable moment
1: most memeable moment say that three times real fast it's fun but uh, this is one of my favorite awards to do though i will say it's a it's a bit unnerving to do on a movie that just came out um because obviously we're talking about the moment that we think is going to get meme to death as going to turn into a meme that people are just going to mass produce and, and just make us sick of seeing at some point but it's it's so fresh, you know, they haven't started. So it's almost us becoming uh, predictors of what we think will become a meme or what we would like to see as a meme. So let's put on our prediction caps for these uh, noms. Chaitanya, what's your nomination?
3: I'm going to go with the moment that really, even in some of the early trailers and clips, just jumped out to me visually. and. It felt like there's a lot of room for people on the internet to have fun and to get creative, and for me, it's got to be the split kick in the bus fight, like right before, like the first. It's like the first wave of villains and henchmen coming in, and he just hits the split kick, lands, and we get "Who the hell are you?" I think from Katie. So, I think maybe like a, f- a still of it, or like short videos of that moment really gives a lot of creative possibilities here.
1: Okay, okay, I dig it. Um, Kyle, what's your nom?
2: Yeah, so I alluded to it earlier. I got to go with um basically just Trevor thinking that the monkeys were acting in Planet of the Apes. <laughs> just... <laughs> I fucking love this moment. It just hits. So as soon as I knew what they were doing, I was just dying. And I feel like you can apply this and make like so many memes out of this. Like you can just put it in him like, "Wait, so the or- the orcs weren't acting in Lord of the Rings or just like you can just keep going with it. The Geonosians weren't acting in Star Wars." <laughs> Uh, it's it's my favorite. It's it's legitimately one of my favorite MCU jokes in general, and just in a long time. But I feel like there's just endless possibilities with that.
1: Okay, uh, my nom is going to be. I think this is another one that you could get a lot of different options with, but it's at the end. The Welcome to the Circus, the uh, the end credit scene. <laughs> the options are pretty much endless with what you want to do with that. Any fandom, any people you want to throw in there. You know, just say welcome to the circus, and you got a meme. Bam, it's made, it's done. Uh, Produce that shit. Um, So that's mine.
3: Now, Chitanya, what do you think your vote's going to be for? I think when I try to decide here, I think I'm going to try to be right rather than go with the one that I enjoyed the most, because I think the welcome to the circus was my favorite, personally. And even though I love the Planet of the Apes moment, I really appreciated the scene. It's the scene more than the line itself. The combination was great, but seeing Trevor Slattery tell a whole story was a little more interesting than having it as a memeable moment for me. That just me. So I'm gonna go with the split kick because I think it's already gotten out there on social media the most. And I feel like it has a little bit of a head start over two really good nominees. All right,
1: that's fair. That's fair. Kyle, what are you going to vote for here?
2: Uh, I got to go with the, the split kick because uh, I think Titania was just saying it, but it's just like it's already out there. It's I think we got it in the trailer, so it, we, we've already kind of been aware of it, but it's it can be used for so many things. It's a badass moment for the character in the context of the movie um but i i think there's probably already a gif out there of it there's going to be so many memes using it um yeah and i can't i can't wait to see the the potential because you can really throw that you can throw anything in there whether like tanya said it can either be a a short clip or like it's still of the split cake with like I don't know, like Simu dunking on the haters or like whatever you want, honestly, because it just works for any context. So that's my vote as well.
1: All right, so we have a winner. Um, I was going to say my vote was going to be for the, uh, the Trevor moment, just because, like Kyle said, you really can switch it out with every a lot of different things. And it'd be just hilarious. You know, anything from the flying monkeys and Wizard of Oz to the orcs to everything you know um that'd be awesome but uh the split kick meme does have have a head start that doesn't mean they always prevail but in this case it certainly does
0: and the winner is shang chi's split kick and here are the nominees for the escalation award all right we are on to a brand new award we've
2: never uh this is the first time we are talking about this award this is the escalation award basically um or as titania said in our our group chat the what the fuck award (laughs) this is the moment that just takes it up a notch it's your moment of like holy shit they are doing it this is this is a movie that i'm into basically it's the moment that hooks you um so damon what is your vote for the escalation award all
1: right, awesome. I I have two really good ones. Uh, I'm gonna roll with my my first choice. I'm going with uh, Shang-Chi and Zhao Ling fight, and their whole conversation afterwards. Just kind of essentially their whole the whole meeting of the minds uh, at the Golden Daggers Club. I just thought that was like from then on the the it really everything from then on just really became awesome and it kept going and going and going. I thought, and it just didn't really stop from there, I thought it, the movie vastly got better when we were introduced to her. She was one of the strongest, I felt like, plot points of the of the movie, one of the strongest performances. I'm compelled by the story, um, seeing her going forward, and their relationship, I think, was very pivotal to the movie, uh, for one. And, and so, like, that got us, if that didn't hit right, I don't think we get as an... A successful climax or a wrap up resolution as we do with them. And then, of course, with the post credit scene, I don't think that works as well. If you know that first meetup with them and that tension and just to see how amazing she is, it doesn't work as well. But I love that scene and and everything about it. So that's my nom. Uh, Chaitanya, what's yours?
3: Really good pick there. Um... I think when I audibly gasped in the theater was when when Wu basically decked Shang Chi into the water. Mm. But that's not the moment. That was a great moment. It was like, okay, we've ended the fight. Like, there's not really a debate in terms of who's stronger at that moment. But then, my nominee is the introduction of the Great Protector. I do remember that during the trailers, a lot of people were talking about Fing Fang Foom and as not someone who's read a lot in Shang-Chi comics in the way of that. I wonder what we were gonna see with the kind of vaguest hint of the dragon in the trailers. But that moment was, it highlighted the fantasy element of Shang-Chi to such a spectacular degree. It was emotional. You got all like the fields of the family, like the connection with Shang-Chi's mother. And then you see like the first visual of The Great Protector. That that basically sold me on the third act being a little more CG focused. And we'll talk about how well that third act was done or not. But the introduction of The Great Protector is my nominee. All
1: right. I love the third act personally. Kyle, what's your nom?
2: Uh, yeah, those are those are two really great picks. I am gonna—I don't know if this is cheating a little bit because it's so early in the movie, um, but I gotta go with like the whole opening sequence. I—I I didn't know how we were kind of gonna be introduced to this story, but specifically the way it starts and the f- opening words that you hear in the movie are not in English. They're in Mandarin, and I think that is fucking awesome. I love that this movie, I love what it does for diversity. I love that um, it isn't primarily, almost entirely East Asian cast, and I adore the fact that the way it opens, you immediately know what they're doing, and you get this great introduction of our villain in Wenwu. Um, You understand, like, he's a threat for sure the fact that he is he's lived for centuries and then you get kind of that great subversion in him meeting his wife and kind of their fight but then them you clearly can tell that they're falling in love um i think it's a great opening and again this is kind of like not not a cop-out answer but you know this is our our, our vote for like what made it like took the movie to another level for us. So I understand it's weird to pick like the opening sequence of it. But for me, as soon as the movie opened that way, I was like, Oh shit, I'm in like, they, there, there could not have been a more perfect way to open this movie. So that's my vote. Basically just the, the opening sequence.
1: All right. So that's your vote as well. That's the one you're going to vote for.
2: Uh, uh, that's my nom. I think I'm actually going to vote for the great protector. Um because, yeah, like Chaitanya said it so well, but this is a carrot. I mean, we, we saw bits and pieces of the dragon in the trailer, and we weren't really sure how they were gonna use uh, the dragon. and the way that it's utilized is beautiful. Um, first of all, the CG is is incredible. Like the dragon just looks fucking cool. Um, and yeah, it's just a beautiful moment. Uh, and then when he when Shang Chi pops out of the water, riding that dragon and immediately that's kind of the tide turns in the favor of the heroes. It's just such a like triumphant moment. So it's, it it is truly that, that moment that really takes the, it just takes everything up a notch. So that's my vote. All right. Shatanya, what's your vote?
3: Yeah, I'm going to have to go with the great protector as well. As I said, I don't know how convincing the third act would have been. Story wise if we hadn't got such an incredible emotional connection to The Great Protector, basically with a lot of the flashbacks, with a lot of uh, Shang-Chi's mother and the connection with her village and the the connection they obviously had with The Great Protector. We saw that with Michelle Yeoh um, in her explanations. And then to see it in the flesh, really incredible CG. That really, I've always been worried about kind of, Price since Black Panther and uh, the first Wonder Woman, like, sky beams and overly, like, cheesy CG. <laughs> and Shang-Chi really delivered with a third act, especially visually.
1: You know, it's got, it's going to be a sweep. Um, I, I got to go with that. It, it really does... It, it brings the third act up a notch. It, it really shows what they're about to do. It primes us for the next... 15 minutes or so um it tells us we're gonna get a big old battle and it's one that's beautiful really like it, it it's so well done like it all looks pretty authentic and pretty real i mean watch watching new movies in the last year you see how realistic they've gotten cgi i mean watching what specifically king kong i mean kong versus godzilla i was like wow like that it looks like Godzilla is standing right there. And this is an another, you know, part of that. I, I, I felt, I felt like the great protector was there. Like that was actually happening. It looked beautiful. Um, it was very intense and, and great that, uh, the great protector showed up and helped out. Um, and it was a great callback and foreshadow. Of course. Um, I just wanted to point out a scene that probably won't get talked about again, but it, it it's one of my favorite little moments is is the scene where uh, Iganan shows them the the walking story of of the history of mm. uh, Talos. Yeah, I thought that cool. was such a great scene with the art on the wall and the depictions and just you know it shows you how people have told stories and kept stories for ages and it was so beautiful and that 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 work on the wall I, I loved it.
0: Um, yeah, that's my vote and that's the W. And the Effie goes to... The Great Protector
1: enters the fight. What's Goofy's favorite sport? Golf! And that's why soon you'll be able to play the brand new Nintendo Switch game, Goofy's Goofy Golfin'. 18 holes of ridiculous design courses, guaranteed to have you chuckling on your way to a hole-in-one. Rated something for...
0: Here are the nominees for valedictorian.
1: All right, valedictorian. This award, of course, is for the best performance of the movie. Um, they got all A's in every every subject. Okay, they're not flunking out of anything. They brought they just brought their A plus effort, and we're gonna uh, award them here. Kyle, what's your nom?
2: Such a difficult decision. Um, <laughs> I think I'm gonna go with oh man. I'm gonna go with Aquafina as Katie. Um, I so I was I was thrilled as soon as I knew that she was attached to this movie. I'm a big Aquafina fan. I think she is phenomenal in The Farewell from a couple years ago. Um just absolutely robbed of an Oscar nomination in that movie uh she is just fantastic in everything she's does she does she's my favorite character in Crazy Rich Asians she's great in um uh earlier this year in uh and the Last Dragon like she's just everything she does is just gold um and so I was so excited that she was involved with the movie I feel like I had a pretty good grasp of what her character was going to be like because she's typically a comedic actress um And she is in the movie. She's provided some of the best jokes like we already awarded the, you know, the quote. Um, But I love the depth to her character. I think her connection with Shang-Chi is just so like just very genuine and sincere and provides a lot of the emotional core of the movie. Um, I mean, I love that she is not just this kind of this friend who comes along for the adventure. She gets in on the action. Um, in fact, she is crucial to the end of the battle and firing that arrow. Uh, such a badass moment. Um, yeah, and she's just so good. Like she, she's great in the comedic moments. Like I said early on, making fun of his his name change and in uh, like the karaoke scene with him and driving the bus. And then you get like the flip side of the moment when he is talking about how he, his father basically raised him to be a killer. And if that's what his father wants and he's going to kill him and you can see like the genuine concern in her eyes and how she's worried about her best friend. And I don't know, she just provided so much of the heart of the movie. I was just, I was such a big fan of the character. So my vote is definitely, or my, my, my nomination is definitely Aquafina
3: as Katie. Titania, what's your nom? Really? Awesome pick with Katie. Um, as, as far as my list went, I definitely had three that I thought were like pretty much clear cut noms here. And I don't really feel like I have to worry about this last one getting picked. So I'm going to go with Shang-Chi. I'm going to go with Simu Liu as really a character that I don't think a lot of people expected a breakout performance. Maybe they expected him to kind of carry his weight and let a really talented cast around him elevate the movie. I mean, I didn't really know him from anything other than Kim's convenience and even they're not all that well. And I don't think I expected the level of athleticism, the kind of impeccable like mastering of fight choreo. He really looked competent as a, as one of the best hand-to-hand fighters in the MCU. And we don't have like superhero versus superhero type combat in this one, but every single chance he had to shine, it felt like he was living up to his abilities at every scene, every moment throughout the film so that when he gets powered up, which I think we may talk about down the line in one of our next categories, that it felt credible. It felt that, he could step in as i think they cast him like playing a 24 or 25 year old based on the time that this movie set in who's one of the best fighters in the universe and he could take over for a 1000 year old supervillain he could command a legendary weapon that had belonged to tony lung with wen wu so i think that the credibility of Shang-Chi going from a badass to more of a badass to learning about himself and kind of channeling both sides of his family to really credibly power up. He's got to be the valedictorian of this movie for me. And I wasn't expecting that going in.
1: All right. My nom is going to be for the amazing and talented Tony Leung as Dwin Wu. I mean he's a he's a legend for one. But just like if you take away all of that, when the character of Wen Wu was just like magnetic in this movie. He was so good. Every scene he, he pretty much owned owned it. Uh, the story was great. Of course, this this centuries old immortal man uh, finding love and, and putting it all up for her. And then of course, you know, uh, she dies and, and he goes back to it with with fervor and and, and just you know dives into it like it buries it, himself into it and he loses his children because of it and to see that in the future and what goes from it and then seeing him yearning for his wife hearing the her telling him that she's you know locked away behind this gate that uh you know and just how mad and angry he is about it how much he wants his kids to help him uh, break her out. Like, he's this complex, multi-layered villain that you don't see all the time in, in movies, especially in MCU movies, you know. Some are a little one-note. Some are great, but just not used right. They did Wu so much, like, just perfectly, in my opinion. The, the relationship with uh, Shang-Chi, with Shaolin with his wife with with everything going forward and then the ending was just beautiful you know when he realized that he was wrong and had to you know what he had to do to help make sure that shang chi survived um it was it was great it was just an amazing performance so that's my nom and so that means we have three amazing amazing performances and noms on the board Kyle, what's your vote?
2: Oh, man, don't make me choose. I
1: love this podcast.
2: Oh, man. I I think I have to go with Simu. I, I think it's... You know, we... <laughs> with WandaVision and then with Falcon and the Winter Soldier, we gave it to, like, the main characters. And it's like, you sometimes... It's almost like you take for granted that a main or a lead of a franchise or a lead of a, a movie or a TV show has to be that good because it's just like yeah they're the lead and usually the supporting characters are more interesting anyway. Um but like I was just reminded so constantly that Simu is just just magnetic in the lead role. I mean he's so good. He's vulnerable when he needs to be, he's funny as hell when he needs to be and the way that he does the fight scenes, it's just he's so fun to watch. He's just I love the we mentioned it already, but the split kick and then like the jacket flip after that is amazing. Um Yeah, he just I couldn't take my eyes off in the entire movie. He it, it felt like a you know, he it's not like this is his first role or he's already been a, a star. Um I love him and kim's convenience and i'm the same way Chaitanya. that's really all i know him from but i i love that like we as i was watching this movie i was watching a true what i believe truly a star of the mcu come into his own like i feel like after this movie and obviously with the post credits stuff like we know he's going to play a huge role in the mcu going forward and i'm so excited for that he's just so easy to root for And yeah, like I especially when you look at the behind the scenes stuff, I know we're voting for like performance and role in the movie. But the fact that this all started with him tweeting Marvel like, hey, are we going to talk or what? (laughs) And fast forward three years and here we are now. Like, I love that. I fucking love that. He knew that he could do this role justice and he was the best option for Shang-Chi. So he threw that out there. And now we have him as as Shang-Chi and it just, it's, it's a magnetic performance. So that's my vote.
3: Chaitanya, what's your vote? I think that I really got tempted there with Tony Leung because it's such a sensational performance. And with very rare exceptions, it feels that with villains in comic book movies, we get kind of an anti-hero or someone who's kind of gray. And I think my hot take with Tony Leung is that he was very much a very power-hungry, very bad guy for most of his life. And there was a brief moment in the light where he saw what love was like, where he saw what family could do, that those 10 rings weren't enough. So that really tempted me. But I have to go with... Simu Liu as Shang-Chi, because when I went back, when I did a rewatch of the MCU a few months ago, Steve Rogers, Chris Evans, it really felt like it took a few movies for him to hit his peak level as Cap. It took Chris Hemsworth, like, for me, it felt like there was a real dichotomy between Thor with Mjolnir in that first movie versus a very arrogant, self-centered man-child without the hammer. And like a lot of these heroes, there's a lot of growth that needs to be done. And it took a while for it to be credible in those solo movies. Shang-Chi from beginning to end, it felt so credible, the type of growth he had to go through to be worthy of the 10 rings, not Morally, because it's almost the opposite of Mjolnir, where you have to be worthy to wield the hammer, it feels like anyone who's powerful enough or power-hungry enough could wield the Ten Rings. And the way that he was able to wield them and use them responsibly and basically turned them into one of the most deadly weapons and powers that any superhero could have in the MCU, and it all made sense emotionally, it all made sense from a character perspective from the beginning of the movie to the end, I gotta go with Simu as Shang-Chi here.
1: All right. So I just wanted to say a little bit about each one because they all deserve their praise. Aquafina was like solidified herself as one of my top three or four supporting character sidekicks in the MCU movie. Like, I almost wanted us to like do a supporting character award so she could get it, and we could just like mm-hmm. give her an award because she deserves it. At least she got best quote. Okay, um, she had tons of good ones in the movie. She's not only the so she plays so many roles in this movie. For one, she's the uh, comedic relief. You know, she is the best friend sidekick. She's essentially the uh, the stand-in for us. Okay, you know the audience. Mm -hmm. um she's also like kind of the emotional support for everyone in the movie she kind of like talks to everyone and makes sure like they're doing okay she like actually has conversations with everybody it's like she doesn't isn't dismissive of anyone she just seems like a truly good person you know like i love the little tidbits she has with xiaoling you know, like when they're in like, you know, they're in holding in the holding cell waiting. She's like, oh, wow. You know, your dad really did that to you and everything. She wouldn't he wouldn't let you train and you go ahead and do all this. Like, that's awesome. Like, she's always there trying to lift people up. She's like one of the best drivers we've seen in the MCU. Like, <laughs> I feel like that's not going away. OK, they made like it made they made sure that that was a big thing. She drove, like, three different times in very, like, absurd situations and survived. That's going to be a thing. She's going to be, like, the Avengers getaway driver in an Avengers movie. Mm-hmm. But, like, <laughs> a really crazy, like, crazy. Or, like, maybe she's even going to be, like, a pilot in a, in a space scene one day. Mm-hmm. I can mm-hmm. see that happening. It Like, it's just going to progress. <laughs> I don't know how she shot that arrow and it made it into the throat. But we won't talk about that. Um, Tony Leung, I've said my 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 bit about him, just fantastic. But my vote is going to go for Simu, as Shang Chi. Um, when I say this is one of my favorite origin movies, it's it's firmly one of the main reasons is because of his performance. Um, what they have to do with these movies, and then as like the the star performance is to get us to buy in, to believe that they are this character and that we are going to want to see them succeed going forward for the next 10 years, give or take. Okay. Like we already have the expectation set. So now they have to deliver with these characters even more so than before. And I feel like Simu just did that on every single level. He was relatable, he was funny without being like forceful or corny um he seemed so relaxed and confident and comfortable in all the fight scenes like he 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 looked like an action star i think if we don't see him in like comedy action movies for the next 5 years like left and right i don't know what's wrong with hollywood like that's money right there like i would watch action like fight scenes with him all day because of how good those were you know get the right uh director get the right choreos uh choreographers get simu you got money and he just he set the stage for the future and i loved it like he was great i'm a fan big time so that's my vote and i believe that's the w
0: and the winner is simu liu as shang chi here are the nominees for Best Memory. All right. We are on to the final two awards.
2: The first of the final two is Best Memory. This is the scene that we took away from the movie, just the one that we can't stop thinking about, just our favorite moment in all of Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings. Uh, Damon, what you got for us?
1: All right. It's one we've mentioned multiple times. It has not taken a, a W yet. I hope it changes the opening sequence of this movie. I felt like it's my favorite opening sequence of any MCU movie to date. It was beautiful. I, I love, you know, storytelling being used as a prop in a movie. You know, like someone's telling a story about something happening and you're watching it unfold and then you flash back to them telling the story, you know, in, in real time. And then the story they're telling, you, you know, we see when Moon just unleash havoc with the rings like straight up like right away we see what he can do and how dangerous he is and we get like what he's done how dangerous the ten rings are and then we get to see him you know meet meet his wife meet his love and and see them do the one of the most beautiful like dance scenes I've ever seen because that was not a fight that was a dance it was beautiful uh the music and the movement the, the color was fantastic. I love that and and yeah and then just you know bringing it back to, to young Shang and and his, and his mother and giving him the pendant. I just love that from beginning to, to all that point right there I, I think is a highlight of the movie and really it doesn't get worse from there. It only gets better, but I feel like that scene is just in its own like little case is just on another level. So that's my nom. Kyle, what's yours?
2: And Yeah, that's a great pick. Great vote. Um, I'm going to go with this is not one specific moment, really, the whole sequence of uh, Shang-Chi, um, Zhou and Katie escaping from the Golden Daggers Club. Um, you know, as soon as basically Death Dealer shows up, to them getting caught by him and Wen Wu. I think is just such a breathtaking sequence. Um, there is a moment in there that it wasn't quite like my nominee. I didn't want to nominate it for the Escalation Award, but it was still a moment that I was like, oh shit, when um Katie falls and then you know Jalen grabs her and you realize she's back to help them. It's just such a great fucking moment. Uh but that whole sequence is just so cool. I love everything in that club, but then when they're escaping, it's just so badass. Like it's just such a fun moment. Um, and then you get just some really great action of Shang-Chi um, fighting off the the henchmen and then like racing through the scaffolding. Some I love some good parkour, so I love that. Um, and then, yeah, just him and his sister kind of trading blows with all these people is just such a cool moment. And then you get the the final kind of the the conclusion of it with him coming face to face with his father for the first time in the movie. And it's just such a great kind of dramatic ending to that so that's uh that's my nomination
3: all right Chaitanya what's your nom I love those picks they're really really great memories that I definitely would keep with me as far as standouts from Shang-Chi I think that my nominee is gonna be the moment that Really felt it tricked me for a second. It tricked me into thinking this was like an Avengers level sequence. And that's got to be Shang-Chi versus Wen-Wu for the rings. So we get, because I kind of separated that third act from into two pieces here, where we had Shang-Chi versus Wen-Wu before he loses, before Shang-Chi is sent into the water. And then after the Great Protector, after they come to save the day for the villagers. Then Shang-Chi has to face his personal destiny. And that's dealing with his father, dealing with a man who in, in so many ways is more than an actual man. And by comparison with his own people, with like human kind of warlords and conquerors and kings and politicians, He has such an advantage in so many ways compared to them. And that arrogance really seemed to get in his way. Even the moment when his wife dies, he has the arrogance and kind of the blinded, like his emotions blind him to the point where his only response in that fight is that a kid let his mother die that he basically blamed Shang for not doing anything against an Earth army, a very ground-level, very, probably not a huge threat for Wenwu with the Ten Rings or any of these superheroes, but a kid couldn't defeat them. So that whole sequence after... Shang comes out of the water with the great protector fighting for the 10 rings. And every step of the way you getting the sense that he's struggling with his father's side and his mother's side, whether to destroy his father or to give him a chance. And what could have been a really good quote is. Now they think about it, Shang saying that your family needs you and he's not just talking about the present moment where of fantastical battles going on. He's talking about when he was 14 years old, when his mom died. Two other moments in the movie where he got so much visual, so many gut punches in a way, where you got to see what that cost Shang-Chi and Xia Ling. And it's over the Ten Rings, this whole fight going over such a crucial piece of powered tech in the MCU. I got to go with that fight with Shang Chi versus Wenwu.
1: All right, Um, I'll vote first, and I've got to say I I gotta, I gotta agree with Chitanya there. I got to vote with the, uh, the whole fight of Shang Chi versus Wenwu at the gate. Um, I don't think this movie is as good in my eyes if this doesn't work in the way that it works it's what they've built up the entire movie, the relationship between Shang-Chi and his, and his father, um, him trying, uh, when Wu trying to, you know, get his wife back. Um, all of that is just all here. This just tension they're fighting. And, and Shang-Chi just finally shows just how angry and upset he is. Like, you know, it's just the fact is like, they did need him. They needed a father and he just didn't do that instead of, Manning up and being the man that she need, like she would have wanted him to be after she died, he went back to the rings. He went back to what he knew best, what he always clung on to as a clutch, as a, as a crutch, and he just uh, be, he lost himself again. And that's probably who he always was. Um, but and we we see that, you know, between them the fight, the fight itself is. Beautiful, and the the way they use the rings is amazing. I have questions, a lot of questions about the rings, and how they work, what they do, why they do what they do, where they come from. Which of course looks like to be an important plot point in the for future movies, maybe. You know, like that was the, you know, that whole kind of thing. Like, where do they come from? They're sending out a signal. What's that like? What's going on? But, like, why did, why was Shang-Chi able to take them over, like, in the middle of a fight? Like, like, like he, the way he was able to. I cannot wait to see what that is. But that was all so fun and well, so well done. I didn't care that I didn't have the answers. I was like, they'll, oh, they'll figure that out. This is really dope. Like, hell yeah. Let me see more of this. And, and then just the last little bit to where you see, Win moves soul getting sucked out of him, you know, just that stare he 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 that little that last glimpse he gives his son is just oh it's heartbreaking. So yeah, I gotta go with that. That's my pick. Um Kyle, what's your vote?
2: Yeah, I, I'm thinking about it now, and this is amazing because 2021 Marvel has now given us two battles involving two of the coolest weapons in the entire MCU. We got the battle for the shield with, you know, Sam, Bucky, and John Walker in Falcon and Falcon when the winter soldier. And now we've got the battle for the ten rings between Shang-Chi and his father Wen Wu. Like, thank you, Marvel. <laughs> this is all we want. This is amazing. <laughs> um, I yeah, I gotta vote for it as well. I mean, these are all three really great scenes. These are the three probably the three best scenes from the movie, but This is just the one that hits. I mean, it's amazing action. It's incredible visuals. It's beautiful. The score is great. I haven't talked a lot about the score, but the musical score for this movie is phenomenal. And it really hits in this moment. Um, and yeah, just that Damon, you just mentioned it, but that last glimpse that Wenwu gives his son is fucking heartbreaking. Um, I just love the visual of the way the Soul Eater, like, takes its victims' souls. It just looks really cool. It's brutal, but it looks really cool. <laughs> um, but, yeah, this entire scene is just, it's its so good. It gave me chills at multiple points. And then Shang-Chi telling him, you know, like, you, your family needs you is a beautiful moment. And it just all, it all hits in just such a, a beautiful way. So that's my
3: vote as well.
1: Chitanya, is it going to be a sweep? Is that your vote as
3: well? It definitely is my vote. Um, Visually, I I definitely think that the two aspects that got brought up right now that really made it a special scene has to be the score, which reaches really incredible peaks for me. I think it was... I almost picked the score just as my favorite memory because it's something I could go back to over and over again. Mm -hmm. But the score specifically in this scene it reaches the heights of a really really incredible experience like black panther levels in my opinion avengers endgame levels in terms of peaks that a score can reach and then visually it's one of the most incredible battles where you you don't know how the rings work and that almost makes it cooler where it's like mjolnir mjolnir with thor you know what you're getting into because it's been around outside of the marvel cinematic universe outside of comics there's like mythological connections like how that weapon works here we get to kind of see the mythology being created because i don't think that these ten rings were the original ten rings they're definitely modified and probably to distinguish themselves from the infinity stones but i gotta go with my pick here
1: yeah just uh, you know to help anyone at home listening who doesn't really know the origin of the ten rings Um, They were essentially pretty much Infinity Stone-like things, but they were rings. They were actual rings that you wore on your fingers, and each one was like one you could, you know, speed, time, manipulation, strength, reality, bending. Like, they were pretty much like, kind of like Infinity Stones, and they were, they had to nerf that. They just had to, and the way, the direction they took it, I'm really intrigued, like they just seem like super really dangerous weapons that like are an extension of your being, which honestly makes a lot of sense as far as like fight the fighting style that they use in this movie and the what that Shang-Chi can do with those rings while fighting. I think the, the, the choice to give Shang-Chi the rings and that be his thing, I think is, is what the MCU does best. I feel like is like change, changing the things that, you want to see that makes comics cool, and keeping that, and, and giving it to th- to uh, to characters or properties in the in the MCU that in a way that they're going to be used and, and elevated. And so I'm so glad we get to keep seeing the Ten Rings used in that way. But yeah, I'm I'm glad that I got the W.
0: And the Effie goes to
1: the battle for the Ten Rings. Shang Chi and
0: Wu at the gate. Here are the nominees for the Great Expectations Award.
1: Great Expectations. Uh, this is one of our newer awards. It's super fun. Um, essentially, we're nominating scenes or situations or questions um, that are brought up from this movie, uh, things that we are hoping to see because of what happens in this movie, okay? Okay. It's one of the best part of MCU movies, specifically, because we know things are coming. We know they have ideas and stories like three or four years planned in advance, okay? They got movies and TV shows rolling out, and I mean, we get post-credit scenes to tell us, hey, they're planning stuff. Like, they're already planning stuff coming from this movie, so this is just us kind of uh, picking our favorite. So, Shaitanya, what's your nom?
3: One of the best things about Shang-Chi for me was that there were a lot of hints. We got a lot of cool moments in post-credits where things could happen. We definitely have an idea with Xiaoling at the post-post final credits uh, moment with her in the 10 rings. But I think my biggest question, the thing that I'm most intrigued about is how does having a weapon like the Ten Rings in a universe where they already had to deal with Thanos. And we've already seen that the Ten Rings could be used for evil or nefarious purposes. I definitely think if they chose to, they could take that debate between the Avengers. Because right now, definitely felt as if Wong was investigating the Ten Rings like a buffer between like the main Avengers and Shang-Chi. Because, yeah, he saved the universe. But... Could those weapons corrupt people the same way that they might have incentivized the corruption of Wenwu? Like, there's so many opportunities to discuss what weapons like without a morality clause, if you will, could do. We already had that discussion with Far From Home with the Edith classes, where if you don't know what you're doing, you could create havoc. If you have bad purposes, you could create havoc. The Ten Rings are super interesting because of the power, how well they fit Shang-Chi, and what implications could be. Like, could we actually see a debate with the Avengers trying to see if those weapons are too dangerous? That's my nominee. Interesting. Okay. Kyle, what's your nom?
2: Man, um... I think I'm gonna go with this is a little bit more conventional, you know. We we saw it, so I don't even it doesn't even need like repeating. But I just the idea of what what Xiaoling is now gonna be doing with the ten rings. Um, so full disclosure, I thought there was one post credit scene the first time I saw the movie. So I saw the mid credit scene and I was like, oh okay. I'm good. (laughs) And I left. And then the second time I saw it, I had read up and I was like, oh shit, I need to stay for the second one. Um, So it's very fresh in my mind now. And I just, the whole idea of the fact that it's not just a, it's not just yelling like now dismantling this organization. What's way more compelling is like what she's going to do with it going forward. Right? Like this is very similar to what we kind of saw with black widow going forward of what Yelena is going to do with the Black Widows. You know, like um Yelena her future right now is kind of tied to the Hawkeye series because of that post-credit scene. But definitely the biggest question I had from that movie was what she what we're going to what we're going to see of the remaining Black Widows in upcoming movies. And I feel like that's the same thing with the 10 Rings. I think that with a much, you know, morally better person uh, at the forefront this is a very powerful organization that we could see being used like to come alongside the Avengers. I mean, we don't know what the big bad of this upcoming phase is yet. I mean, it's it's possible it's Kang, it's possible it's someone else, but I think that whoever it is, they're going to need like all the help they can get. And so just seeing what's going to happen with this organization going forward with uh, Shaoling at the forefront, I think that it's going to be so interesting – just, just see what she does with this much power, with all of these resources, um, and then like what movie they're going to show up in, or what what series. Like, I'm really intrigued by that because, like Kevin Feige obviously knows what he's doing in placing characters in different pro- uh, projects, but I I'm just curious to see where this organization will pop will pop up again. Whether it's an Avengers movie down the line, whether it's the next Shang Chi. I imagine it's before that, but I just I I can't wait to see what happens with them going forward. So that's my nominee.
1: I hope they fast track a Shang Chi sequel. Like yes, absolutely. They took too long for the Black Panther sequel, and now we see where we are because of you. Never know what happens in life. Yeah, give us the Shang Chi sequel like next year, like two years from now. Come on, let's let's do it. <laughs> um, yes. Okay, so those are good ones. My nom is going to be, what is Katie's role going forward? Um, I already mentioned earlier that I like she's not going anywhere, but even more so, we see in the in the in the mid credit scene, like she's there with Shang Chi. Like Wong said that she needed to go with him, like that doesn't happen. Like no matter what like sidekick character you are you're not brought up you're not brought along like with the Avengers level shit you're just not but she's like there she's just right there chilling along with Shang-Chi being told like they, they're like they're part of the circus now they are not not just Shang-Chi Katie is are they doing that just because like she's just going to be there by his side is she seen as like a vital part of the team going forward for some reason like is she Like, is Katie going to be given powers in the future? Is she going to, like, train and become, like, a mini Hawkeye? Like, that that arrow shot was pretty dope. Um, (laughs) She's already going to be the driver for them going forward. I know that. But, like, I don't know. It's just a lot. Like, I'm intrigued. They could go a lot of different directions. They could just, like, brush it kind of to the side and say, you know, they just did that just so she could be there, but she's not actually going to be integral. I don't know, but I feel like she they could really do a lot of fun things to where Katie's around and in the action. And I hope that happens. So yeah, that's my nom. Um, Chaitanya, what's your vote?
3: I like these options a lot because there's so many different permutations and combinations that the MCU could choose and they have all the power at the end of this movie because we're pretty much all bought in in terms of what happens with so many of these characters I do like the idea of figure out what happens with Katie what is her role I mean we have seen with the ancient one in many different properties with what if as well uh, as the first Doctor Strange as well as Avengers Endgame Sorcerers seem to be a few steps ahead of everyone else. And Wong was the one who brought Katie along. And we definitely saw him with Abomination. Like He definitely seems to be playing a very different game than Stephen Strange has in the past, or the Ancient One played in the past. So I think I'm most intrigued by the possibilities of what happens with Katie. I'm going to go Damon's pick here.
1: All right.
2: Kyle, what's your vote? Man, yeah, these are all three really good. Um, I I think I'm going to go with the Katie one as well. I I loved that scene as someone whose best friend is also named Katie. Hi, Katie. Uh, I love that she's included. I love that she, yeah, that's a very specific, like they did that for a very specific reason. It wasn't just that she happened to be there with Shang-Chi when that happened like Wong looked at her and said you too like you're you play an important part in this story you have to come as well um I'm intrigued by that I I'm just excited to see what happens I think that uh, like you said Damon the possibilities are really endless with what they could do with her when you mentioned Hawkeye like I think that's awesome because I love that after the Hawkeye series we're gonna obviously you know Kate Bishop is going to be our new Hawkeye and I would love to see some scenes with her and Katie just kind of hitting it off and like you know, practicing archery together. I feel like that would be cool as hell. Um, But I I feel like just anything they do with Katie, I'm, I'm bought in. I'm so excited. She's such a fun character. Um, Yeah. And then like, I love, I love the payoff of that scene too of, you know, they have that really serious scene and then it's just the three of them karaokeing hotel California together. Fucking love that. Like, even if that's the answer of what we get with Katie going forward, just every, you know what? I've just decided because we don't have sadly, we don't have Stanley anymore. Now every movie needs to have a Katie cameo of her just karaokeing hotel California. <laughs> I would be so in for that. Um, but anything, literally anything they do with her, as long as there is more Katie, I'm, I'm bought in. So that's my vote as well.
3: Well,
1: awesome. I did not expect that to happen. Um, I would just like to say before I cast my vote, I feel like, uh, Chitanya, if yours had been just an all-encompassing what's the deal with the Ten Rings, that would be my vote because I just want to know everything about the Ten Rings. I wasn't really even thinking about, like, like the whole, like, can they corrupt? I think that was even more so the fact they even say in the movie the Soul Suckers know that the Ten Rings have the power to break the gate. So that's why they were... They were whispering to him it wasn't because the ten rings was doing it it was because they just knew the power the ten rings had however they still could they still could have had a part of, to do with that we don't know but i just want to know everything about the ten rings so that would have been my vote but as it lays as it stands i'm gonna go with katie's role going forward just because of, i loved her performance I, I can't wait to see her going forward though very very close because i really thought about xiaoling and her whole running the new 10 rings um in the comics i think she calls it like the 10 the golden daggers like she runs the mm-hmm. golden daggers like crew yeah. so like this is just probably like a hybrid of that who knows what she'll call it uh we're gonna see more of that and i can't wait for all of it like literally i i wish i could vote for all three because i i want it all but uh but yeah, I think I'll, I'll go for the sweep for for Katie's role, and that's the W. Uh,
2: shout out! Sorry, real quick before we jump to our lovely announcer announcing that winner. Shout out to none of us. I just want to say this real quick: none of us picking, kind of like the low hanging fruit. What I'm seeing in every article, and I'm already tired of, which is how is Bruce Banner Bruce Banner again? Like guys, <laughs> he's gonna yes. be in She Hulk. We're gonna that's get the what answer with this movie. Yeah, like, you just saw the first Asian-led movie and your question is about the white man at the end. Like, chill out. We know, like, we're, we're going to get an answer to how he became Bruce again. It doesn't matter to the relevance of this movie. So, just I just want to say I'm glad none of us picked that.
0: <laughs> and the winner is... Katie's role in the MCU going forward.
1: All right, and I think that just means we're on to closing remarks. Chaitanya, I uh, just want to mention anything else about the movie that we haven't said. Any other scenes that you want to give a shout out to? Any actors, directors, Any anything you want to say? It's your floor.
3: Thanks, Damon. Um, I think that it's pretty obvious by this point that all three of us adore this movie for many, many, many different reasons. I do think we have to shout out the director, Destin Daniel Cretton, because yes. the last movie I saw of his was Just Mercy. And for as much as I love that movie, as much as I liked the story that I was trying to tell there, I would not have thought that it would go from that to an MCU movie. It's another one of Feige's incredible finds with just real talent and elevating them with a big budget, a big platform, a lot of creative freedom, playing within a sandbox. But that creative freedom really gave us an MCU movie, a solo superhero movie, unlike very many movies I've ever seen in this genre. We got really spectacular CG. We got incredible fight choreography. We got a story with so much heart and warmth and a really different fi- family dynamic from the iron Man's of the world from the t'challa's of the world from the thors of the world i really have to shout out the director for telling a really nuanced detailed beautiful story both with words with visuals and the action was spectacular
1: um i'll take i'll take the floor next um this movie like Chitanya said, it, it elevates people who weren't like, you know, previously at that level. And we can see just their stardom like fly, just fly from there. Simulu should be that next person. It he's I want to see him everywhere. Like I said before, he should be a comedy action star with movies coming out. I, I want to see that him crack making funny jokes and then kicking someone's ass. And and I need that. I need I can't wait to see him more as more as Shang-Chi. This movie itself was so well done. I, I loved it. It it did everything that I was hoping it would do and more. It it nailed a third act big CGI finish that so many MCU movies have failed to do. Whether it looked bad or it it, it misses the emotional part, it this does it all. Um, The family relationship is maybe my favorite part of the movie. Uh, It doesn't work without that. One of my favorite villains in Wu, One of my favorite supporting sidekick characters in Katie. Morris didn't get talked about enough in this podcast, so let me just shout out Morris. You're (laughs) the best. I don't know what you are, but you're adorable. You keep doing you. And just also all the creatures in the movie like we saw like a nine tails like I was like Pokemon there's Pokemon <laughs> on the screen <sighs> like I, and it's like um do they have a name the the giant like lion guardians those were awesome those were just yeah. great the horse dra- the horse dragons were amazing all of that was just really cool I love the whole everything from that we got entering talo was amazing i love mystical realms i want more of that in the mcu i like we got too much grounded spy espionage marvel at the beginning give us the cosmic give us the fantasy give us horror give us all the absurd stuff that we we just love as 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 fandoms you know i want it all and i think this movie just is another step in that in that uh towards that And I love it. I love this movie. And it gets... I'll say where I ranked it in my ranking. But this is just... It's not going to stay there. It's just just like first thought of where it should go. I put it five. It's my fifth favorite right now. Um, I am going to be doing an MCU rewatch probably this year before the year's over. And we'll see where it where it actually ends up after watching them all and like together, but I don't think it's going too much lower. So there we go. Kyle, you have the floor.
2: Yeah, uh, Chaitanya, I'm so glad you mentioned Destin Daniel Cretton. I'm a big fan of his. Um, I really like Just Mercy, but I'm a huge fan of his first movie, Short Term 12. Um, and Glass Castle is okay, but I just I love I've always loved his sensibilities as a filmmaker. I think he makes really intimate uh movies and and just always puts character first and so i love that he that's what he does with this movie too i think that um even in interviews that he has with you can tell he's just so passionate about this character about this world about making it as authentic as possible um yeah it just everyone even like the interactions with shang chi and Katie's family in the beginning of the movie was so endearing and felt so they just felt like such real people and and lived living breathing like people like not movie characters you know um and yeah so I just I really think he's like I wish there was an award that we could give him because he's I think he just knocked it out of the park with this movie um but it's just so fun like I, I can't wait to watch it again already I think th- there's it's a bummer that this this is the the MCU movie that um, did not get the premiere access on Disney plus because it's it's the one that I probably would pay for. Um, I understand why it didn't. And I encourage anyone who's listening, you know, if you're fully vaccinated and if you feel comfortable, please go to the theater and see this if you haven't. Um, but I, I can't wait to see it again already. I know it'll be available on Disney plus in 45 days, so I, I can't wait for that. Um, but it's just, yeah, it's, it's a blast. It, it, if we're talking rankings, um, Damon, I don't have it quite as high as you do. I think I have it I, – I just put it down earlier today. I, I think I have it as, like, number eight or nine. Um, it's it's sandwiched right in between Black Panther and Ant-Man. Uh, just love it. Like, it's just such a fresh, new origin story. Hits all the emotional beats. It, beautiful action. Uh, the score is incredible. The characters are great. And I'm just excited for more. Like, like you said, Damon, you said it perfectly. Like, let's just fast track a sequel. I don't care if it delays other movies. Like, <laughs> you, you can delay like other movies to get Shang Chi too. I'm cool with that. Just give us more Shang Chi. So, yeah, just a phenomenal movie.
1: One more scene I wanted to talk about before we go, um, and it's something we just don't see. And it's something like that was glaringly like not there at the at end game but like the scene where they sent all the lanterns into the into the water yeah so you know celebrate and respect everyone who died fighting was just i mean one i feel like a very culturally important moment and like very mm. culturally tied to to that and but also just just really showing honor to all the people who died in a way that you know, we really don't see an end game that I feel like they, they could have done in a really, really heartfelt way. I felt like this was just very simple, but just really elegant and, and touching. So I want to mention that. All right. That is the Shan Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, Effie's. We thank y'all for joining us. Chaitanya, thank you for joining us again. You have anything last to say before you get out of here?
3: nothing much just thanks for having me again this was awesome great to talk about such an incredible movie and it's been fun as always
1: awesome can't wait to have you back i'm sure we will um this was a lot of fun i love mcu movies i love martial arts movies this this was just a treat and i can't wait to do it again i'm sure we'll have some more FE's coming your way guys uh kyle what What you got got for the people
2: yeah, big thanks for listening, guys. Thank you to our good friend Micah for announcing the categories for us. We appreciate you, man. Uh, everyone go vote in his, uh, his Oscar bracket. Um, it's a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, thank you for listening. We will be back next week with a lot of fun. Um, our 69th episode. Nice. Uh, we are talking about uh, dream book adaptations with our good friend, first-time guest Hannah. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. Just basically the books we'd love to see adapted into a show or a movie. But until next time, we'll see you guys. See y'all.
1: The T'Challa Star-Lord Universe